You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two of the program. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. At the bottom of the hour, um, Melancholy Malcolm, I think, might make an appearance. There's some sour Flames fans on social media last night on the old Twitter machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Malcolm sent me a text. Goes, can I please read some angry Flames tweets on your show tomorrow? I'm like, I guess, Malcolm. I six losses in a row. Like, I can't, I can't say no to that. It's maybe it's time for a Flames edition of Melancholy Malcolm. He's read the misery of Leaf fans. He's read the misery of Oilers fans. He's also chimed in on Canucks fans being all angry. Maybe it's the Flames fans' turn. Hey, this is, this is the way the cookie crumbles, man. This guy feeds off of misery. Yep. And uh, safe to say there's a little bit around the team right now. I'm pretty sure he's not going to read the, the text messages of the Senators or the Jets fans because nobody cares. Oh. But, like, hard, hard to Oilers, okay. Canucks... Passionate Flames, Pat Leafs, passionate fan bases. Mm. Those four cities. He likes to read the misery from those specific fans. Seattle. Yeah. The the six fans who were tweeting about the cracking game last night are really into their big win last night. Will it be with a big goal? Will it be? For the cracking last night. Uh, and we'll also turn back some time. Um, it's an entire radio segment based on uh, the share song, if I could turn back time. It, it's. I think it's going to be very polarizing. Uh, some people are going to like it. Some people are going to hate it. Sure. But we're going to give it. We're going to give it a try here. It's one of the things I brought over. It, I packed it in the suitcase when I moved across country here. Um, we're going to try to turn back some time where you and producer Patrick Dumas are going to try to turn back some time. I'll explain the game when we get there. Looking it's really nonsensical. It. And yeah. It's essentially, we're just filling some airtime with using the share song. If I could turn back time. But that's what we're going to do. Um, text line wide open to 960-960, name and location on Twitter, at George Russick, at Matt Rose, YYC. The Flames' six-game losing streak feels like blank. 960-960, name and location. Hit us up on Twitter, at George Russick, at Matt Rose. Some good ones. YYC. Keep them rolling in. We'll read those in the 730 hour as well, but joining us on the line right now, it's officially the off season, unfortunately, for the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Dave Dickinson. Dave, how are you? Well, I've been better. Yeah. So uh, I, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of depressing to hear that because uh, we weren't ready for the off season, no doubt about it. Uh, when when does that officially sink in? Is it right after the game? Is it this week? When is it kind of? You know, because you're so busy during the season, you're always preparing for the opponent, always worrying about things. When does when did things kind of shut off for you? Well, as far as thinking in, it's not getting that you know that next day because you know you got the whole team are in there and you're just not really prepared to to make the comments you need to make. You know about team changing and we'll have to put our focus on next year and all those sort of things. You know, as far as the off season, I think things go a little bit quiet towards the middle of December, uh, you know, cause you got things to do great cup still, uh, you know, in your, in your schedule, schedule your calendar, uh, usually around the middle of December is kind of when you take a big breath and, and try to make some holiday plans. 
How have things changed for you as a former player when your season would end the way you didn't like it, or as a head coach when things didn't end the way you didn't like? I don't really remember back too much on the player. It just <laughs> seems like so long ago. Um, you know, it depends, I guess. You know, every year is different. You know, you you can't, like, pull out that script that you wrote a year before to, to go through with your guys because every year is different and every team feels different. And every game, unfortunately, uh, you look at it, you're like, uh, wonder, wonder where we went off the rails here. And you try to look back, and if there's a pattern, you feel like you can probably fix it. But if there's not a pattern, sometimes you, you're at a loss to, to figure out maybe why you played or lost the game you lost. So all different, certainly not easy, though. Dave, as far as the game, uh, just to kind of go back forward a little, uh, back on it a little bit, I, I, I guess where do you see this one uh, going wrong for you? For me, the, the, the offense maybe couldn't get in a rhythm, and, and that's one thing we've seen from Jake Mayer when he kind of gets in, in his groove. He can be pretty unstoppable, and some real tough penalties in the second quarter seem to kill any momentum your team had going into half. Yeah, I think the difference in the game was the execution of the short yardage package. Mm. Um, you know, we we did not execute. We called a, a few aggressive plays, um, and ours we didn't execute. Uh, had a guy open on a second and one, uh, got a certain personnel grouping by putting Tommy in there, just under through Malik on a double move, and we don't execute our third and one, and and then they do. They call a very aggressive call right about midfield, um, and they hit a touchdown as well as calling a, a double cadence on a third and four, and we jump offside. Mm-hmm. I know those are only four plays, but, man, those are massive plays. Those are those are plays that if the, the results go the other way, I feel pretty good that the, the game could have swung to in our favor. Now, I, and I know that the third and short uh, was getting a lot of talk after the game, fans, media alike. But for me, watching you guys go into third and short, it, it's you were 17 for 19 all regular season long. Over the course of the regular season, we had seen you in practice trying to work in some different looks from that short yardage package just so you had them ready for the postseason. And those are plays that, you know, they'll work for you in practice 100 times, but then you put them out on the real field and something like the, the Malik sweep happens to you and you end up losing some yards and turning the ball over I guess what is maybe the 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 hardest part of those situations when you've seen a play all season long work in practice and then you want to call it but all of a sudden does it does it change how you maybe approach your game plan for the rest of the game well I mean uh yeah I feel pretty good at times you can get the yard uh Sometimes you're looking for a big play. I mean, the week before, I think people were pretty excited about an 85-yard run by Tommy. And yeah. It's basically the same play. We just put some window dressing on it. The main thing to get short yards, you got to just kind of win one-on-one matchups. And mm. we uh, we whiffed. We we completely missed a guy, and uh, that caused Malik to go back eight yards and try to get back to the line of scrimmage. Wasn't able to do it. I think, you know, you. Sometimes it's easier to call those early in a game because if they don't work, you feel you got a resilient group that can overcome it. And you're looking for a big play, though. You're looking for something to change uh, momentum. You're looking for a spark. You're looking for something to give you that uh, feel like we've got this and it, and it didn't go our way. But it, we've been very good. We got the exact look we were hoping to get on film. Mm. It was two one-on-one blocks with, with a really fast guy, uh, 
on the edge, and we just missed one of them, and that's the way it goes. Dave Dickinson, the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders, joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose, on the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Sportsnet 960. Dave, with how the weather was so cold and snowy here in Calgary on Sunday, do you think that game goes differently if it's played here? I don't know. You know, like you said, uh, we have to play the ones we have to play. You look back and, you know, you think you probably let a game or two uh, get by you that you could have, should have won, so you think it would have been nice to be at home. But, you know, one thing about a dome is it makes kind of equalizes everything. We have a lot of skill. Uh, they have a lot of skill. Uh, really, like you said, if you look at the plays that were made that were contested catches, and, uh, really that was kind of the difference as well as our guys were in position. Uh, they couldn't get the ball loose from their receivers. We were right there a couple times, whether the ball wasn't in the quite in the position it needed to. We weren't able to make the play. So really just not worth looking back. Uh, we always want home games. Uh, we do feel confident that we can win on the road, though we were a good road team. We just played an average game, and I don't get it done in the playoffs. The decision to go to Bolivar Mitchell in the second half uh, was wonder. just was wondering – Maybe when you when you started thinking about going to Bo and and what you saw from the team after he was inserted into the game. Well, it got to be a two possession game, and uh, just like in the past, thought we needed a spark. And uh, you know, I wasn't uh, going to say that I had a hundred percent confidence of how Bo would play because it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew he's been practicing hard and and, and wanted that opportunity and. Uh, you know, for me, it's never about is this going to be tough to justify or how is this going to look in 2023. It's about trying to give your team the best chance you can to win a football game, and and you you need that spark. And you you think you got to do what you do it, and I thought he did he did provide that spark. Uh, and yet, when we got down tight, uh, you know we we had a guy wide open in the end zone, and it took just a hair longer than we wanted, and uh, we got beat around the edge on the left side. Had sacked and it really didn't quite provide the spark we needed because uh, we just couldn't stop him as well. So it, yeah, it was uh, always a tough decision for your quarterback, but at that time I felt I had to do it. Now, uh, probably during the game or even right after the game, given the loss, I I, I wonder, did you kind of take an opportunity to appreciate those kind of? drives by Bolivar Mitchell given everything that's gone over in the last couple of days and, and all signs uh, most signs I'll say uh, pointing to Bo maybe being a starting quarterback for another organization for the next season I uh, really haven't had a chance or didn't want to necessarily just always reminisce when reminisce after a loss that just doesn't sit well with me so yeah. uh, one thing about Bo is we haven't really had a chance to just go one on one because uh uh, just kind of wanted the year to just wrap up, and, and uh, he's in town, and, and we'll chat uh, soon, probably today. And uh, it's just one of those things, yeah, like, uh, you know, I I know this year was tough on him, but I have to admit it was a, one of my most enjoyable years coaching. Uh, it really was. I felt the guys really bought in and, and were young, and they were growing, and that's what was so disappointing is we felt like we had a, a group that uh, – really could make some noise and unfortunately we didn't bounce in the west semi which is which is something that is happening all too often uh dave what's your read on uh the remaining four teams uh what's your read on the west final obviously winnipeg 
uh, big-time favorites to not only win this, but uh, win the Grey Cup again. Winnipeg, BC, Montreal, Toronto. What's your read on those four uh, two games heading into this weekend? I do think anybody can beat the other team. I don't think it's just uh, one team has to play poorly in, uh, in order for them to get beat. I think that I think both the um, uh, road teams can win. It's going to be hard. I know we struggled with the noise. I mean, you could tell we weren't getting off the ball at the same pace, and uh, they were getting around our tackles. So uh, we'll see how BC handles that noise uh, in Winnipeg. I think the Montreal-Toronto game is very interesting. I think uh, Toronto's quarterback can get hot. Uh, But I do think Montreal has a real shot there. I think they're a team that has a lot of talent and plays physical and aggressive. So I think turnovers will probably uh, determine the outcome in that one. Uh, Dave, just just wanted to ask you, we know that a Grey Cup week has legendary parties, and obviously you want to be there when you were a player. You obviously want to be there as a head coach. Do you make your way down to the Grey Cup if your team's not involved for the festivities? A lot of times I haven't, but uh, I have, uh, you know, Huff and I were going to talk today. I, I would do want to, I would like to have a, a present for Sean Lemon there, you know, as a defensive uh, player of the year nominee yeah. and you know, I do think that it, here's the thing. I never planned on it losing. So uh, right. you know, it's almost like, you know, you got all this stuff in your lap right now. And uh, I know, I know talking with Huff, he's going to be there for sure, but be nice to support Sean. And also just uh, certainly for me, it has nothing to do with the legendary parties. So, uh, but uh, I still think it's a celebration of our league. And that's something that, uh, that I would like to do. Uh, Dave Dickinson, the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders. Dave, you've been very generous uh, with your time. We appreciate that. Hopefully we can catch up with you around the holidays. Thanks for this, and best of luck in the offseason. All right, guys, I appreciate it as well, and uh, we'll, be, we'll keep working over here and uh, keep the faith, guys. Take care. Absolutely. Thanks, yeah. Dave. There he goes, Dave Dickinson, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline, brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner, for takeout or delivery, call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza, 6060 Memorial Drive, Northeast. Um, He's the best. It's tough. Like, you can tell that guy, that guy hates He wears it, man. Yeah, you, you can oh, hear yeah. it in his voice. Usually we have a lot of fun with Dave when he jumps on, gives us some Calgary Flames takes. Uh, we asked him about his time in Montana, how much around, fun is that? Man. Sure. Yeah. Like, he's beaten down over that yeah. loss. Yeah. And you know what a competitor he is. And I, I kind of feel like th- this is how you know somebody's a true competitor. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm just assuming Dave's this type of guy because just based on his voice today, he hates to lose more than he likes to win. Sure. Yep. And he is totally one of those guys. Yep. Daryl's one of those guys, too. A hundred percent. I would a hundred percent agree with that. And honestly, I think that a lot of champions have to have that makeup. Mm-hmm. You have to hate losing more than you like to win. Because the truth is, you're going to lose probably a lot more than you win, especially when you're talking about the ultimate prize. And that has to make you mad. That has to make you real angry and make you want to get back there. And he's one of those guys. And they really did feel like they had a special team here. With Kadeem Carey being a, a real, real candidate for MOP, although he wasn't the, the West nominee, Zach Caleros had an outstanding season, but a legitimate nominee in the West. Yeah, You have a legitimate defensive player of the year nominee and a real stout defense that took forever to get healthy, but it's finally, finally when they did. 
They were as stout as anybody in the league. Mm-hmm. You had arguably the best offensive line in the league. But that's football, man. One game, any given Sunday. Yep. You don't get what you want in the first quarter. They don't get into a rhythm. And then I can't remember who it was. It was it was either Lemon or, or maybe Thurman or something. Someone that we were talking to back on Monday, and they were like, it was weird because you just keep looking up at the clock, and every time you look up, it felt like 10 minutes were gone. Mm. And all of a sudden, there's five minutes left. We're down by two scores, and you feel like you haven't done anything for the last three hours. It's tough. Uh, is anybody going to stop the Blue Bombers? Any given Sunday, George. Uh, <laughs> like the, the I would say the best bet is this weekend. Okay. It if looked, Nathan Rourke goes out there and just plays his ass off and shocks, listen, that, shocks the CFL world. That Lions receiving core is nasty. They are big. They are athletic. Like, that was the biggest problem for me. Like, there were times when, like, the Stamps were sending guys on a blitz because you're trying to get to Rourke, especially in the second half when he's got his ankle taped up and all that type of stuff. And you're trying to get to the quarterback, which leaves a lot of your guys in man coverage. And there were instances where I thought that the Stampeders defensive backs were doing pretty much everything they could in coverage, but you just are giving up four, five, six inches in height to any one of these receivers. What's gonna, what are you going to do when the guy's high-pointing the ball and his reach is literally a foot higher than you can reach? The size always wins out. That's um, what, and that's where you miss Trey Roberson. Mm-hmm. Their elite shutdown boundary corner who is easily the biggest guy in their secondary. He's real long. And that would be maybe the one thing that if I had to change personnel on the Stampeders and not necessarily change because I thought the secondary played well, but if there's one thing I would look to add, it would be a little bit more length in that secondary because you're going to be facing BC a lot moving forward. Uh, the other guys at the side of the wall, it's not really glass here. It's a wall literally here at the, a, da- at the downtown yeah. <laughs> uh, basement studios uh, brought to you by Doug Lacey's. Uh, producer Patrick Dumont, is anybody going to stop your beloved Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Ah, uh, not a chance. Okay, uh, they're five point Dome favorites. Team going outside into the cold, Winnipeg. That crowd, best best fans in the CFL. Best this team in the CFL. Uh, BC's going to have some going to have some trouble there on Sunday. Do they cover the spread of five points? No, Winnipeg wins by two touchdowns. Oh, so they do cover the spread. I asked you, do they cover oh, the spread? You're like, sorry, no. Win- sorry, I thought you meant BC covers that spread. No, Winnipeg definitely covers that. And then Two touchdowns. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, now I'm looking at the alternate spread for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. If you could get them at minus 13 and a half, what, yeah. what, what, what's our number here, Georgie? Yeah. Um, if Winnipeg uh, to win by 19, well, hold on, 13 to 18 points plus 650. Hmm. Mm. There you go. Patty Tick, Dumont. That's Some tickling money right my fancy. There you go. Is that wetting your whistle? Oh. I might wet my beak. So you're again, I'm just going to take your word for it that the Bombers are the best elite team. I know they've had a great year. I just haven't seen a team in the last three years even come close to them. That's the thing. All right. I don't and think, you're, I don't and you're right. I don't think he's that far off. Yeah, the home field advantage in Winnipeg, especially Winnipeg in November. Like, the thing is, if, if I'm not mistaken... And I'm gonna look it up while I talk. But that's the weather, electric radio. The weather mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like minus Vegas. six. Yeah, it's, no, it's not it's crazy. Fine. Yeah. What do we got here? It'll be around noon, minus eight, and it'll start that's to fine. warm up over the course of the game. Maybe maybe sun will be down by the time that game's second half. Though the sun will be down. Yikes! What's the wind gonna be like? 
That's always the thing in the CFL, too. Wind. Swirls. Yeah. It says zero kilometers an hour. You know what? You know when I thought that Winnipeg shined the brightest is when they had that NFL exhibition game there. Don't. Things really (laughs) went and get them worked up. Things went really well there for the city of Winnipeg. They they seemed very prepared, and the stadium looked very prepared. You have my NFL team there. You have them in my city. And that was an embarrassment. (laughs) No. That was an embarrassment. No, it went great. It was fine. Like it was, it is a nice stadium, is it not? Have you been oh, there? It's a beautiful stadium. Like God bless the CFL for like Hamilton built a new stadium, Saskatchewan built a new stadium, Winnipeg built a new stadium. I know BC got all their rentals because of the Olympics, but that's great. But their stadium's still in pretty good shape, kind of cool got looking it. Yeah, stadium. Yeah. Even that thing, that thing is super old. But uh, Calgary, I, I keep hearing that since I've been here. Uh, McMahon, it needs a facelift. And or maybe a wrecking ball, um, in Edmonton. Like my favorite, my favorite great. And again, I don't want to crap on the CFL, please. But my favorite great cup moment was when it was in Edmonton, and the field was like a skating rink. Oh, I was there. It, I it wasn't that. heated. It yeah, was, like it's. It was nothing arguably, beats nothing beats the the showcase game of your league, and guys can't even run on the field. I have never seen a more dangerous <laughs> professional sports game. Okay. Where you're like these more dangerous games. than the NFL exhibition at Winnipeg? <laughs> I I, okay. don't, I don't remember that game. I don't do NFL exhibition. It's, okay. I'm very staunch against it. All right, I'm I've never been to Winnipeg, sadly. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it was dangerous. It was definitely like yep. a skating rink. Like I remember talking to some of the equipment guys after, and they were like, "We we tried like three different shoes. Like didn't matter what type of cleat you had, what type of grip you were going with, if you were going standard flat. Like it was." Yeah, it was dangerous. It's the, the it f- was real dangerous. That game, I was like, it doesn't matter who's the better team here. Do it's they, whoever gets the, the, the last one to slip and fall. Do they have the heating coils in Winnipeg, Patrick? Do you have any idea? I don't think so. I don't think any really? CFL team has the heated fields. Oh, okay. Well, if you're going to build a new stadium, you might as well add that little wrinkle to it because it actually helps out the players and limits injuries. When the fields are actually warmed up a little bit, a ton of they NFL actually, stadiums have them. The new, the, the the IG Field, they haven't actually had to play a super cold game there yet. I know the playoff, mm. they haven't. Mm. Like the West Final there last year was actually pretty nice weather, and then the year before that in 2019, they were in uh, Regina for the West Final, so they haven't had a super cold game there yet in Winnipeg. Even Listen, the Grey Cup I, wasn't that bad. I love it. Uh, this is the first time in my life I've had some hot Winnipeg Blue Bombers talk. Actually, uh, Dave Bastel, I do inside the lines with Sunday mornings along yeah. the Sportsnet Radio Network. From 8 a.m. till 11 a.m. Calgary time. Yeah, good sell. He's a diehard Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan. Like, he gets in your face about the CFL because that's how much he loves the Bombers. Oh, yeah? Like like when Francis was in here? Yeah. Well, Francis says he used to love the CFL. but And he also was a kicker in the CFL. Yeah. That's for well, a, a cup of coffee. Yeah, but he's played in the CFL and loves the bar. CFL. That's right. Yes, sir. But uh, Dave Basto loves him some Winnipeg Blue Bombers. All right, straight ahead. Calgary Flames have lost six games in a row. What could We're go still wrong? taking your yeah. text messages, 960-960, name and location, on Twitter, at George Russick, at Matt Rose, YYC. Um, the Flames' six-game losing streak feels like blank. On Twitter, on the text line, 960-960, name and location. Uh, I think we're going to hear from Melancholy Malcolm coming up. Uh, he loves to revel in the misery of fan bases, mm. and he shot me a text last night. George, I want to... I want to read some Flames tweets, some tweets from Flames fans following last night's 3-2 loss to the Devils. We'll hear from Melancholy Malcolm. We'll turn back some time 
And we'll talk to Ryan Pike, co-host of Flames Talk and editor at Flame Nation, Flames Nation at the top of the hour. It's all straight ahead. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan, coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Studio. They specialize in everything basement tea. Since 1992. At the top of the hour, Ryan Pike, co-host of Flames Talk and editor of Flames Talk Nation. That guy loves the Flames. I met him at the uh, Pizza Pig Out. Who's that? Ryan Pike. Oh, yeah. He likes the Flames. He knows his club. Yeah, he, he likes to talk about the Flames. You know what I'm excited to talk about with Ryan Pike? The six-game losing streak? No, not really. Okay. But um, that's a guy who really keeps a close eye on the Wranglers. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about DeSimone. Tell me more about... Dennis mm. or Denis Gilbert. Denis Gilbert. Denis Gilbert from yeah. Buffalo. And Tell he, us if the guy from Buffalo is French. And he, and he can give us his take on the Jonathan Huberdeau yeah. injury. Should anybody from the AHL team be picked up to yeah. replace Jonathan Huberdeau? I like that. Uh, Jack Edwards, Boston Bruins play-by-play announcer on Nessa at 830. I requested this guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's producer Patrick Dumont, by the way, joining us in studio because... Uh, he's one of the most polarizing voices in all the NHL. And I actually like it. I enjoy when he sticks it to the other team. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. He's a homer. Yeah. All home broadcasts should be homers. And usually you get it on the radio with the home side. You don't see it as much on the TV side. And then you have it with, you know, a guy yeah, like not Jack as Edwards. much. Yeah, Nesson certainly does. I feel like the guys on the MSG network will lean Rangers from time to time. But yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really have a problem with mm-hmm. it. I don't have a problem with it either. They I, should be. I like to enjoy it from an arm's reach. It, that's that's very Canadian of us, too. <laughs> oh, please, let's not be two homers. Let's have, you know, uh, isn't fair. It, right? yeah, yeah, it is. Because how many, like totally Joe Bowen. You don't want to build your guys up too much when they, yeah. when they, they eventually but even, fail or but something. But even Joe Bowen's call last yeah. night, he still put some energy into it. Yeah, and that's a guy who, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was. Jack Michaels in Edmonton. There's another guy. Crazy. Oh, he goes with the Oilers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I like and that. He, and he goes hard on opposition calls, yeah. too. I think Derek does a good job yeah. here in Calgary. Yeah. Um, um, Michigan doesn't for the Lightning. That is <laughs> the, other, is the, the Oilers score. What a great back. That's like listening to what Espo is. Uh, McDavid yeah, dances through the whole team and scores. Like, that's what Dave Michigan would do. But yeah. that's fine. I don't mind that. I like that. Um, we're still taking your text messages at 960-960, name and location. And we threw it out on Twitter earlier this morning at George Russick and Matt Rose, YYC. Um, this Flames six-game losing streak feels like blank. We'll get to some of your tweets later on. But um, Melancholy Malcolm sent me a text last night. It was late. I was already in bed. He's like, can I please come on the show tomorrow? It's time to read some Flames fans' tweets. And I'm like, all right, Malcolm. I think it's only fair. You haven't been on the show in a while. Uh, you've already uh, you've already bathed in the misery of Leafs fans, Oilers fans, and Canucks fans. Maybe it's time to splash around in the pool of misery when it comes to Flames fans. Yeah, they've lost seven in a straight, which will never happen again. So you yeah. got to do it now. Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe this is the last this time is the we last hear from Melancholy Malcolm. You'd hope reading from Flames fans <laughs> tweets. You guys ready for another edition of Melancholy Malcolm? Less ready than well, usual, but well, yeah. If well, even if you said no, we're gonna play it anyway. Okay, okay. All right. No, all right. I'm not ready. Flames Twitter's okay. a good time sometimes. It Let's is Flames Twitter again. These are these are actual tweets 
sent from actual Flames fans following the 3-2 setback from the New Jersey Devils last night. Alex, uh, let's hit it. Let's hear from Melancholy. At Christian 3 Ellis, all I want for Christmas is for the Flames to stop blowing leads. Hashtag Flames. Hmm? At John McKinnon 24, highly recommend taking a night off of the hashtag Flames and Twitter. It's much more peaceful. Yeah, probably. At Otto von Bismarck M, retain half Huberdeau's salary, add in a first round sweetener, and trade him for a fifth round pick. Hashtag Flames. At Plonkle. Yeah. It's officially time to start the hashtag fire sutter discussion if this becomes status quo. Hashtag flames. At Life of Eggs. Dustin Wolf is better than Jacob Markstrom right now. Hashtag flames. Guys got eggs. At Bmint94. We fing suck. Hashtag flames. Oh, that's simple. At Tony Rouge. It's just a game. 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 Oh, he's broken. It's just a game. <laughs> Hashtag flames. <laughs> At C Landry 39. We're in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Oh, you can't good. build a contender without high draft picks anyway. Hashtag flames. At Sutter tweets. <laughs> Hashtag flames. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Malcolm. Uh. Uh, which one? Was uh, the last one from Daryl's personal? Is that uh, I don't know. It's at Sutter Tweets <laughs> at is Sutter the Twitter tweets. handle. I don't know. <laughs> Malcolm uh, picks. Those are actual fans tweets. Which one did you guys like? Which one was a better <sighs> take? The trade Jonathan Huberto in a first round sweetener for a fifth. <laughs> yeah. While retaining salary. Mm-hmm. Or it's time to get into the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Oh. Uh, Huberto for uh, Huberto in a first for a fifth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, and retain half his and salary. Retain though. half yeah. of that salary. Right. So just cut cut bait now. Yeah. Have half of that salary on the books for the next nine years mm-hmm. because it's it, you've already seen enough of Jonathan. Good Jonathan. Jonathan. What's the buyout calculator? Yeah. It feels like a reasonable reaction yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah no it problem. does. Yeah. Definitely um, not over the top. Uh, that was tough. Uh, there's some frustration out there too. Oh yeah. Um, and again, that that sound advice from one of the the, the tweeters. Maybe take a night off from Flames yeah. Twitter and the Flames. Just, I like uh, the, It's just a game. You got to remind <laughs> yeah, yourself every once in a while. It's just a game. It's just a game. It's just a game. Yeah. It's just a game. Yeah. It's just a game. Yeah. That's a good. It's one. just a game. Hashtag Flames. Uh, hopefully that's the last time we hear from Malcolm about the Flames struggles. But during the ebbs and flows of a hockey mm-hmm. season, sometimes fans uh, get a little upset and a little mm-hmm. worked up. Uh, and the hashtag fire Sutter watches on apparently too. Yeah, to fresh off contract yeah. extension. Gotta yeah, have, sure. Gotta yeah, get out. that makes sense. You know, right? uh, yeah. keep those. What was ten- the one? What was the one from Daryl again? Sutter tweets. It was. It was a swear. What was that? Uh, we just got a text. Why are you guys bashing the team? We're not bashing the team. We're not. These ba- are actual are tweets. tweets from Flames fans from last night. Like, just go go the hashtag Flames on Twitter. Yeah, go find them. You will literally see those tweets we just read, uh, Malcolm. Melancholy Malcolm just read on the air. Yeah, um, and yeah. F- uh, f- <laughs> yes. Hashtag flames. Yes. Hash- I like there the hashtag. At the yes. End, yeah. uh, very upset. Um, also, yeah, the team's lost seven straight. So well, six straight. Yeah. Six straight. Sorry. Are you already you foreshadowing no. what's going to happen tomorrow against the Bruins? No. No, 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 no. Um, 
it's time for uh we got to turn back some time and i think we'll uh wrap up um the hour with some the flames have lost six games in a row uh feels like blank tweets but uh this is a segment that i'm gonna be honest with you doesn't make too much sense but <laughs> it's an entire segment based on the song from share if you could turn back time and i'm glad producer patrick dumont in the studio with us because the way this game works is uh i'm gonna give you guys a date and that person, uh, if they could turn back time, would they make another decision? Okay. That's essentially how this game works. So, Alex, sure. yeah. let's fire it up. Um, I'm going to start. Hit it. I'm going to start. Thank you. I'm going to start with October 10th, 2022. Uh-huh. And your Flames GM, Brad Treliving. That was the day the Flames lost Yusuf Valimaki to waivers to the Arizona Coyotes, a.k.a. the Arizona State Coyotes. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going to ask you, Maddie, yeah. if Brad Tree Living could do it all over again, if he could turn back time, mm. would he and try to find a way to keep Yusuf Valimaki? Listen, I think that the easy response using recency bias and looking at how things have gone for Connor Mackey of late, I think that it is very reasonable to believe that they might have put someone else on waivers rather than Yuso Valimaki. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Yuso's been down in Arizona. He's been putting some points in and, and all that type of stuff. But, yeah, I guess he could turn back time. There's some options there. So you're saying if he could do it all, if he could do it all over again, he would turn back time and keep him? I think he, he might, given the injuries. Okay, yeah. hit him with a hard one, Alex. There you go. Uh, would would Tree turn back time and keep Valimaki, producer Patrick Tumal? I think he would, knowing uh, we don't know what's happening with Oliver Shillington right now, the Connor Mackey injury, or no, sorry, Connor Mackey's play, Chris Tanev's injuries. Uh, I don't. I think Valimaki's probably around the same as Dennis Gilbert, maybe a little better, or Nick DeSimone. He's probably a little bit better, and he still has that, you're hoping has that ceiling to get better. So I think he would turn back time. Okay, yeah, hit him with a hard one there, Alex. If I could turn back- <laughs> Very smooth. That one was tight. That yeah, was very really smooth. Yeah. Uh, let's get to another date. Uh, this is December 5th, 2021. Ooh. That's the date where the Vancouver Canucks fired Travis Green and hired Bruce Boudreaux. Shortly after, they also fired general manager Jim Benning. Yeah. You guys are Canucks owner Francesco Aquilini. Oh. I'm going to... I know. Sorry about that. Uh, but I'm, you're going to turn back time and be the owner of the Vancouver Canucks. Would you end up hiring Bruce Boudreaux? Would you turn back time, Matty Rose? I would turn back time and hire Bruce Boudreaux. Mostly just because of the way that I think the the, the things turned around right when they got him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there's some some roster issues. Because frankly, when you look at the issues that Canucks are having, there's a lot of the same issues they were having with Travis Green. And I don't know if it was going to get any better under Travis Green. So, yeah, I think he would have probably kept Gabby. Okay. I think he would have gone through. I don't think that's uh, hindsight's not 2020 vision there. I w- if I could turn back time. Well, actually, uh, yeah, he, yeah he, he wouldn't turn back time. He would, he would actually. I like it. Um, producer Patrick Dumont, December 5th, 2021, the day the Vancouver Canucks hired Bruce Boudreaux. Would Francisco Aquilini turn back time and not do it? I think you would hire him. Okay. Still, again, uh, it, it's. It, it, I agree with Maddie. It, it's a roster construction here. It, you saw the team 
how they played once Bruce got there last year and how they were on a heater. They were one of the best teams on the outside. If they had another week, they might be in the playoffs. So right now, I think it's a slow start. We see it, you know, teams all around the league. It's not, look at the top of the standings right now. There's no Colorado there. There's no Tampa Bay there. Correct. It's, it's, it's still early enough that Vancouver can try and figure this things out. They got Thatcher Demko, who's, you know, I think he's a top 10 goaltender in the league. Need him help out. That defense core is is horrendous. Oh yeah, watch yourself. I was going to say something. Watch yourself. It's bad. So yeah, I think they they hire Bruce Burjoe because okay, he's a head coach. So that means that means okay. So he wouldn't turn back time. So that would be a soft one, Alice. He'd just be a little introspective. Hit the soft one here. Oh, that's like from the extra. Yeah. No. Yeah. Play. Thank you. Play the whole thing. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, I like it. He's thinking to himself, if I would I, but he wouldn't. He mm. would still hire Bruce yeah. Uh We're turning back sure. time here. So that was a bit <laughs> of a that, that one's a reach, but okay. Yeah, I yeah, like that right one. On. Uh, it's uh, it's we're turning back time. It's the big show, Russell Garros Sports at nine sixty. The fan, uh, Matty Rose, uh, producer Patrick Dumont, joining us here. I'm going to give you guys one more date. I'm going to turn back some time. One more date here. Uh, I'm going to go CFL on you right here. Oh wow! I'm going to turn back time right now. To, thank you. To September. Real, real tight back smooth. there, Brody. Uh, I'm going to turn back time to September 27th, 2022. Uh-huh. That's the date where the Calgary Stampeders gave Jake Mayer the extension through the 2024 season. Would general manager John Huffnagel, if he could turn back time, would he still give that extension out, Matty Rose? Yes, he would. He would still give the extension out. This is a team that for years think of Charleston Hughes. Mm-hmm. When they feel like the back nine is underway, they turn to the next thing. And it has been very apparent for the last two seasons that Jake Mayer is the next thing. They like the makeup. He gets along well in the quarterback room. They had a great quarterback room despite switching over to Jake Mayer midway through mm-hmm. the season. He had a bad playoff game. He's young in his career, his first playoff game. I think he'll get it sorted out. I don't think they regret giving Jake Mayer that deal. So John Huffnagel would have a soft one. He would just be a little introspective, but still not do it. He would hit the the soft Mm. one. This is my favorite one, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Producer Patrick Dumont, September 27, 2022. If John Huffnagel, the general manager of the Calgary Stampeders, would he turn back time and not give Jake Mayer that extension? Hmm. It's it, it, we just look at the CFL across the board. It's so hard to find a quarterback in this league. The quality of the position has gone down the last few years, and I think uh, we've trust we've trusted the Stampeders group with Huffnagel and Dickinson and everything. To like Maddie said, they they move on from the older guys and bring the next guys up. It's always been a next man up mentality yes, in sir. Calgary. So I think Dickinson and Huffnagel. Both quarterbacks in this league know this position well, better than all of us. I think they see Jake Mayer as a guy that can lead them like they had with, you know, once they got Bowen. It was Drew Tate, then to Bow, and now it's here. So I think it's just logically, yeah, I think he would give them the extension. Bowes hasn't been playing all that great the last few years. I know the injuries are there. It's going to be an expensive deal, too, to keep him around. Mm -hmm. Hit him with the soft one, then. He would would not. He'd be introspective, but not... Back Simpatico, bro. Knuckle bomb. Look at you guys. You guys, you guys essentially agreed on everything. We've been here for like basically a decade where practically 
joined at the hip at this point. Um, uh, Jamie and Airdrie sent us a, a text 96960. RNR, can we turn back time before you guys did this turn back time segment? Oh. Yes. Again, I, I told you. It was either going to be really mm-hmm. good or uh-huh. really bad. Yeah. I would say that was a C minus overall. What are your grades on this? Is segment? a C minus a pass? It's a pass. D yeah. is a pass. D like okay, okay, let's okay, let's let's put it in terms like this. Uh let's put the Ryan Leslie Dragon's Breath segment <laughs> compared to this segment. I thought this one was better. It was it was a little clunky. Sometimes it's a little clunky when you get through that first one. You gotta get used to the rhythm and everything. And Patty and I see everything eye to eye. We gotta get a little bit of back and forth here. Okay. That's the thing. We gotta they were easy questions. They, they, they were they're not saying not easy questions. They were like okay. Wow. They were saying like Logically, I don't think it's it's too soon to panic in Vancouver right now. Yep. And with the stamps, yeah. Bo Levi's at the end of his, his days here in Calgary, I feel like. And then whatever happens to him, yep. wishing the best, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, whatever that happens, good for Bo. He's I hope a, he goes out and crushes uh, it. We, exactly. We got the share clip. Uh, is it playing at half speed at the world's oldest turntable? No, that's just the karaoke version underneath. Oh. Yeah. We can play the real song. Play the real song there, Alex, because people want to hear the real version. Of shares turn back time. I don't know if we can play this in the podcast because yeah, now we get flagged. Whatever. There you go. <laughs> turn it up, Alex. This is going to be stuck in your head all day now. I just remember the battleship, you know? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we'll turn back time again. We might down the road. I think it's a great segment okay. once in a while. You know, once in a while, it's fine. Okay. First all time right. for Alex. I mean, yeah, he's getting low. Got to get the beds right. Listen, shooters got to shoot. That's what you got to do. You got to take chances in life. Sometimes you hit home runs on segments. Sometimes you ground out. Yeah. But so that's just the way it is. You got to mix it up. You got to try. You got to try different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, still taking your text messages, too. Thank you, Alex. Great job. <laughs> oh, um, I was enjoying that. Um, this one's good, too. Clark and Lethbridge. Uh, this is great. Flame six-game losing streak makes me feel like I need Provasic. <laughs> <laughs> that's there it is. I there threw it that. is. That's, that's, yeah. That's <laughs> nice. That's right. So the Flames. <laughs> so what do you do when, when, you, when you watch your team lose six straight games? You got a bit of a headache after the game. You reach for some of this. You got to hit it. Provasic. Thank you. Mm. Um, the Yeah, the Flames losing streak feels like a reawakening of reoccurring nightmare you finally felt free of. Yeah. like I. But again, somebody who hasn't been here a long time, team was pretty good last year. You guys aren't used to. Well, I mean, this. you start the season the way you do, winning the way you do, starting off, and then yeah. you lose all, you, go, you win streak, lose streak. There's no, you know, win a couple, lose one, win a couple, lose one. It was like the Senators, right? They lost their first two. They yeah. won four in a row, and now they're in the dumps again. Yeah. Um, uh, like it causes the starts of the Flames game. It's like McDonald's Happy Meal. It gets great and delicious at the beginning, but by the third, it's all goes out the wrong way. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I, now who who is ordering three happy meals at a <laughs> just are, order like a Big Mac, dude? Are you yeah, an adult like yeah, ordering like three? Do you need the three toys. It in feels the thing? really cost they give toys. I'm pretty sure they just give books now. Yeah, books. Yeah, to cut down like, on plastic to read. Uh, yeah. This flame's losing streak is like smuggling plums. <laughs> Irish Drew and Saddle Ridge. Am I missing something on that? I, I don't. I, I can imagine. I. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I assume that there's some sort of reference there that I don't get. Yeah, I know yeah. John, John Cena had a rap, the big show, saying looks like he's smuggling plums, but I don't think that's... Okay, uh... Uh, and one more before we go here. Uh, Flames, a six-game losing streak. Feels like the team lost uh, Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Hockey in the offseason. It's the same feeling. 
I mean, how's Johnny looking out in Columbus right now? They're like, what, worst team in the league right now? See who sent that one text in? Was that from Johnny G in Columbus? Um, it could have been. Oh, but, oh, um, the Flames. But <laughs> Matthew Kachuk's been great for the Panthers, oh, by the way. Just fantastic. And he He's Poking basically eyes. doubled the production of Uyghur and, and Uberto. Uh, you, uh, combined. Alberto. Uh, yeah, um, combined. Yeah, you can... Uh, I was looking at this yesterday. I believe that Kadri, with his six goals, is right up there as far as players on a new team. Yes, here it is. So most goals by a player on a new team this season. Kadri scored his seventh yesterday, which uh, should put him in the lead. <laughs> Drew, Niederreiter, and Kubelik all have six. And Matthew Kachuk, 17 points going into yesterday's action. Most points by a player on a new team this season. Uh, ahead of Kubelik with 15, Fiala with 14, Strom with 12, and Nazem Kadri with 11. Uh, got a couple uh, things on uh, turnback time. Um, absolutely love turnback time. Thank <laughs> you. I disagree, but uh, thank you. Uh, this one's good, too. Um, this one's uh, turnback time. Nagano, your five shooters in the shootout Ooh. would be if you could turn. If, 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 the, if Mark Crawford... And the Team Canada brass could turn back time to Nagano in 1998 when they lost the shootout to Dominic Hasek. I think everybody's being Hasek. What will your five shootouts be? And by the way, thank you. Uh, you can choose a book or toy with a Happy Meal. Thank you. Okay, so you get the option. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I bet they get rid of a lot of books. Yeah. Um, and I also like uh, somebody really ripping on Kachuk, except the stupid idiot is poking goalie's eyes out. Yeah, that was... Well, not great. See. It's tough to make a save like if you that. can't see. Yeah, the whole need your yeah. eyeballs to. Well, yeah. even when Sean Avery did it to to Martin Brodeur mm-hmm. when he was trying to shield his eyes to make a <laughs> save. We well, even accidentally like last year in the playoffs with Kemper getting in the eyes. Ever. We yeah. know how that affected him, and that was accidental. Uh, straight ahead in the hour, uh, keep those texts rolling in nine sixty nine sixty. We'll ask uh, Ryan Pike uh, to fill in the blank. This flame six game losing streak. Has him yeah. feeling like blank. We'll talk to Ryan Pike and Jack Edwards, the voice of the Boston Bruins for Nesson, all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, producer Patrick Dumas, Sports at 960, the fan.